Right. Come on then. Come on then. Off you go. Off you go, Poppet. Hello, Lisa Sinclair. Hello, Claire Isaac. <laughs> How are you? I'm very good. How are you? Doing? I'm good, thank you. Welcome to our podcast. Yes, welcome. It is. How's your week? How's your oh, week? Hang on, I have to do the thing. Oh, sorry. Uh, oh, this, God, is playing, on, this is playing Devil's Avocado. And yes. we're for the people over 45-ish, but anyone can listen, really, if, they're, anyone, if, we don't, anyone. if they don't find us boring. And who would, quite frankly? Who, who would? Why would they? Why would you? And we... <laughs> today, we're going to talk about a whole lot of delicious food... Yes. ...that we've been making, eating, watching being made, talking about, about all yeah. that stuff... We're going to talk about some What Hurts Nows that are yeah. mostly corona-related, but not corona itself. No, and the big, not. And a big culture club special as well, lots of things, yeah. and some stuff about pets. Oh, yes. And, you know, the health benefits yeah. of not doing anything. Well, that sounds good, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Which is hopefully me. Right. All right. Yes. Well, let's, let's start with a catch-up, shall we? Yeah, how's your week been? It's been all right. It's been, you know, it's like any other week, isn't it, in lockdown? Just kind of yes. happens, doesn't it? I think I've been a bit better this week than I was last week. I think I've sort of come through the the sort of hump. I feel like we've I feel like we've done hump day. Mm, hump week. <laughs> last week was hump week, and now I feel like we've sort of, in Australia at least, I reckon, you know, the next two to three weeks we might see some some leeway. I mean... Queensland's opening up next weekend. Yeah. So they'll they're sort of going first, aren't they? Um but no, I've definitely had a better week this week than I did last week. What, what about good. you? Look, I've had an okay week. Actually, I've had quite a lot of work to do, which has helped, but I've also yeah. um got outside every day for yes. my for my, you know, regulation yes. exercise <laughs> routine. Your approved my approved routine. routine. Um, And I've been obsessing over random things like Kim Jong-un, whether or not he's dead. Oh, I know. I mean, we're we're a bit obsessed with Korea, aren't we? We love North Korea. Cannot get Mm. enough of it. We don't love it. We don't love it. (laughs) Not in the sense that we think they do a great sterling job. (laughs) No, but it is... It is quite fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. So what do you reckon? Well, I mean, he's obviously not well. And he's obviously, um, for, for people who haven't been following the story, he hasn't been seen for about three weeks or so. Mm-hmm. And he was supposed to turn up to his the sort of birthday of his grandfather, which is a massive deal in Korea, and he didn't turn up. And people are saying that he's got this heart condition, that he had an operation and that he's had some kind of setback um, and could even be dead is one of the theories that's going around. But then haven't they someone now come out and said he's just at the beach? Well, then there was reports that his plane or something or train had been seen at a resort. Um, but there's a lot of theories, you see, and I love mm. it. I just love the fact mm. that no one really knows what's happening. It's just it's mm. just this like it's the last place really, isn't it, where there's that secrecy that you just have absolutely no idea what's going on. No. And no. the only time you ever hear anything you... is people who defect and then, you know, they you know, it's just like this stories that you hear. And I read I've seen so many documentaries, I watch everything I can find on the country. I'm just obsessed. And he's yeah, he's a because he's got kids but no one knows how many. They think he's got one daughter. Um but they're not sure, and they think that if he dies, his sister will take over, who's this kind of little right. warrior woman. It's amazing. Oh. Yeah, it's just, it's amazing. Honestly, it takes up all my time. Oh, well, there, that 
keeps you out of mischief. Um, I know you spoke about it, but did I tell you I watched Parasite a couple of weeks ago? Oh, it's great. Which isn't, isn't North Korea, it's yeah. South Korea. Mm. Um, but gosh, I loved it. Yeah, it was fantastic. Really good. Yeah. But they make some film, great movies in Korea, actually. They've got this amazing um, movie industry there. I watched a really good one the mm. other day on something on SBS, which was about zombies, which is not my favourite genre, has to be said. No. But it was really well done. Um, and in oh. fact, amazing looking. If you remember World War Z with Brad Pitt when all those bodies climbing yes. up the wall, there was a lot of that about lots of piles of zombies. It was quite oh. gross, really. But anyway. Game of thrones Very, very interesting. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, well, you've, you've, been, you've had quite a good week then, haven't you? <laughs> yes, better than Kim Jong-un, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I've also been reading about the health benefits of doing nothing, which is sort of what we've been doing, so that's helpful. That's, uh, that's right up my alley. Yes. Well, let me tell you that walk, waking rest is the fourth puzzle piece to wellness that people are missing. So actually yes. being awake and doing nothing and letting your mind just be is just yes. as important as working out. There you go. You heard it here first. Well, you probably didn't hear it first, but you heard it here third. <laughs> and it's just... Have they come up with this since everyone's gone into quarantine and lockdown, or is this a I think, thing before? I think it's a thing before, but obviously it's come up because people are like, um, you know, I feel like I'm wasting my life. And probably to a certain degree, it's, some of it's about that you feel like you have to overachieve in this time. Yes. Yeah, we talked about that. We spoke about, yeah. Um, but apparently waking rest, so doing nothing at all, um, is like a period of quiet, reflective thought that allows the brain time to consider and process what arises spontaneously. And so you step outside of everything and then you can see through the fog or prepare for things or sort of work out what's going on in your life. And it's really, really important um, so that you have some... Um, so it's not even about meditating. It's not about actively doing something to try and relax. Mm. It's literally that bit of time where you don't do anything at all. You should the only time engage. I probably used to get to that point was when I was swimming. But then you're still doing something. You're swimming. Yeah, but, but your mind is I think that's the thing. You don't yeah. want to mentally engage. You can probably physically do something yeah. like fold the washing or whatever, but, you know. I would definitely come up. I would definitely solve problems when I was swimming. Um, but now that I think about it, I'm never, like they're saying that you should go, like if you go for a walk, who's this man, author Malcolm Gladwell, he says mm. he tries to spend at least an hour every day in absolute silence, often on a walk or run. No phone, nothing in my ears, just an hour for me to think my thoughts. But you see, I would never go for a walk without listening to a podcast um, <laughs> or some music or being on the phone to someone or like, you're never still, are you? No. This is like Your mind the, is never still. No, but it's like um, this, this guy who has written this paper about it says that layering work and rest is, is the best way to do it. So have four hours of work and then a significant period of rest and downtime mm-hmm. so um, that your subconscious can then work through all the information and stuff and kind of let you process it without you even knowing yeah. what's happening. Yes, good old Malcolm Gladwell. 10,000 hour rule he has, that's what he calls it. Gosh. Anyway, so it's I'm interesting, having isn't it? to be quite yeah, I'm having to be um quite sort of strict about the whole zoomy things at the moment because I'm just finding by the end of the working week I'm so zoomed out mm. that I can't face another FaceTime mm. or another, you know, catch up. So I'm having to be a little bit 
um, strict about it with people, and I hope they don't mind, but I just can't do it. I'm happy to talk on the phone as well, but I just can't keep um, looking at myself. Not no. that I am looking at myself, but do you know what I mean? There's something very confronting about being on these video calls the whole time. I, I don't enjoy it. No, and I think there'll be a, there's going to be an, um, there must be an element of mental anguish. <laughs> yeah, I for a lot of did people. Say- I did save a story about it, which I haven't put it on the list, but um, maybe I'll put it on the list for next time. But it is basically about, oh, Grazia did it. Six um, women talking about how constant video calls have changed the way they see their face. Yeah, yeah. But we'll talk about that next time. I'll save it for next time. But it is interesting, isn't it? It is. And it's like it's so weird, isn't it? Because you don't see... You know how whenever you take a photo with your camera and you see your face and it looks back to front to you because you're used to seeing yourself in the mirror... Yes. And you get this real weird sense. If I ever film a video of myself singing happy birthday for someone or whatever, I'm always really surprised by what I look like because I, I don't think I look like that. <laughs> because you look wonky. Because I look wonky, yeah. Yes. It is. Not it's... you, one. One. <laughs> How dare you? How very dare you? But, yeah, it's, it's a, like, it just brings up a whole lot of stuff and about the way that you talk and about what your mouth does when you talk. And yeah, you kind of... I hate it. Yeah, My get... mouth is wonky. You get really mm. obsessed. <laughs> what you need to do is take some time out and do nothing um it was interesting um in that story as well that uh, the, they were talking about how it's a feminist issue i was just about to say, is a feminist issue. Yes. say it's also um because of our thing about emotional load and all the stuff we have to do at home yeah. having that it's like my husband would never understand how much doing nothing means to me yes and how that does this, it's that restorative time yes and i imagine at the moment especially that um you know, there must women particularly must have if they've got kids and are teaching as well as working from home yeah. and then cooking. Probably the women cooking more meals than usual, and then the constant cleaning and tidying. You know, and this obviously men do help or men do their bit. I'm not saying they don't, but there's just so much that whole work um, load in the home must be times about. A hundred percent at the moment. Yeah, thousand percent. Yeah, because I mean, this leads us into cooking, doesn't it? Claire? Mm, it does. It does. It does. It does. It does. So, um, well, you start because you've got you had a list, and then I had some things on the list. Oh, all right. I just thought we could have a little section and call it like cooking up a storm. Cooking up a storm. Oh, that Something was a, that like was that. A, that was a storm. <laughs> Did you get that? that? Like, <laughs> uh, I thought you were doing the pew pew. Oh no, pew pew. No, <laughs> pew pew. Um, yeah, cooking up a storm just because we're all cooking or eating or reading or watching um, food, yes. aren't we? Oh no, we are. So let's start. Let's start with a lit. You you sent me the. IKEA had shared their famous meatball yeah. recipes. Yeah, there's a lot of this going on. I think I read somewhere yeah. Nando's have, have um, shared how they make a particular chicken thing, and everyone's sharing, Ooh. you know, sauce yes. recipes. Disney, and... Disney shared their famous cheese toasty, which I was tempted by, but it looked um, really hard work, so I didn't bother. <laughs> I think it looked really horrible. Um, and the, everyone's kind of, I mean, I don't know whether. Let's let's just see whether KFC come out with their eleven secret herbs and spices. Can you imagine? I think they wouldn't, Mm. would they? Or um, McDonald's sauce, you know, burger sauce, whatever, all the things. Well, they can buy that in Coles. Yeah, (laughs) so not really a secret, is it? 
Um, but IKEA meatballs were used to be the the um, thing that I would go to IKEA for, and I'd buy the the um, frozen ones, and I'd take them home, and I'd have them for lunch and stuff. They're amazing. Um, but they've shared the actual recipe for the ones that they serve in store, so you can make them. Um, yes, you, I you had, said I had you didn't issues. like them because they're not the, they're not the Swedish meatballs you like, which have dill in them and all that stuff, which is perfectly understandable. But they are a very specific kind, aren't they? The, the yes, the, the IKEA ones. Yes, I just don't know if Swedish meatballs are ever correct without Worcester sauce in the sauce. Well, but I think that soy me. sauce and Dijon mustard must be what make combines to make something that yes, has I that so. flavour to it, that yeah. sort of piquancy that yeah. Worcestershire sauce does. I but, actually love Swedish meatballs. They're delicious. Mm, um, especially in Sweden, which you can't do at the moment. So this is the next best thing. Never been, you, never been wouldn't know. Oh, I had Swedish meatballs in Stockholm. I will get you. Mm, hey. <laughs> Not <laughs> even in Ikea either, in a posh restaurant. Anyway, the meatballs wow. have beef and pork mince in them, garlic breadcrumbs and egg and whole milk and... They, you know, they just seem like normal milk. milk. I don't really know. There's something very specific about the consistency of the IKEA meatballs that I don't think you'd be able to recreate at home. Right. But, okay. you know, anyway, so that, that I was excited by that. You were excited yeah. about um, a quite... list of the best toasties in the world. Yeah, well, The Guardian did um, top ten toasties and I sort of had a look and didn't mind, but I do love a toasty. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on toasties? Now, also, sorry, we just have to say you have toasted sandwiches, but you also have what in Australia is called a jaffle, jaffle, which is the in the UK would be the Breville sealed toasty. Yeah. And they're very different things, aren't they? Well, yes. I mean, I guess a jaffle by nature can hold more liquid, can't it? Because it's sealed. So you can put things like beans in a jaffle and spaghetti and leftover bolognese and all those things that can have runniness to them. They become a bit volcanic, don't they? They can burn the roof of your mouth off. (laughs) (laughs) But you can't stop eating them because they're too delicious. I don't mind spaghetti bolognese in a jaffle. Yeah. Also, um, me goring noodles in a jaffle. Oh. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, And toasties, I'm probably, I am a big fan of, you know, ham and cheese toasty. I actually love a croque. Monsieur. Oh, yeah. That's probably one of the best toasties of all time, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So what's that? That's mustard, cheese and ham. Gruyere, good ham and Dijon mustard. But then yeah. I think they, they put bechamel in a croque monsieur as well. Mm. And that gives it the gooey gooey. Yeah. Oh, mm. sorry, I'm dribbling onto my piece of cake. <laughs> Like a traditional, I like a ham and cheese. If I was eating ham, I don't, I don't yeah. eat ham. Um, cheese and onion, I like on a toasted oh, sandwich. Oh yes, yes. Um, um, people, people are putting kimchi in toasted sandwiches these days. Yes, I don't Eating know. Kimchi. How I, do. I like kimchi, but I don't know that I want it in my toasty. I might put, I might, I might do that. I like pickles and, um, you know, relishes and things in them. Yeah. But I tell you what, yeah. those pickles, they can get bloody hot too when you put them in mm. something. You've got to be careful. They're the things that can burn the roof of your mouth off too. Yeah, well, that um, Guardian story was basically saying you shouldn't put tomatoes in toasties because they get so hot. They do, and they get really soggy too. Which and help. soggy, mm. yeah. So tomatoes, forget about it. Forget um, about it. The Guardian it. also did a really good list of 30 tips, like 
home cooking tips. Yeah, it was um, amazing. Actually, I learned lots from it. What did you learn? Tell me something you learned from it. Putting sugar in um, canned tomatoes, which is actually the oh, name of yeah. the <laughs> actually the thing that yeah. it starts with. But I was like, well, okay, hang on, I'm just going to get it open. Oh no, I can't. I don't you hate it when you can't open things up. You, yes. can, you tell me some, and I'll. I really liked um, tip number five that was if you're going to roast or bake something for dinner, mm. add a tray of veg for lunch the next day. Oh. Which is cheaper and better for the planet. I really liked I thought that was a great That's tip. a good idea. Yeah. Um, um, what I'm else did you like? Hang on. Have you, just while you're getting it up, yeah. have you seen the thing on Facebook where the man discovers the, the vegetable peeler that it goes both ways? No. <laughs> you know those vegetable peelers? Yeah. Not the old school ones, but the ones that are sort of like shaped like a T? Yes. Well, I admit I I'm the same as him. I didn't realise that you can, if you're doing a carrot, peeling a carrot, pull it down and then push it up. Oh. Pull it down and then push it up. So you I go like this. That. I didn't know that either. Like this. Oh. That's a, that's a visual element that yeah. no one will be able to see no. on the podcast. It, um, one is just put, uh, pulling down. PDAs. Yes, yes. I'll see if I can find it and post it in the PDAs. Okay. Um, um, have you got your list up? I've yet? got the list up now. I'm just, um, yeah. I like what she said about water being your friend. A splash of water can help onions yes. not burn, thinner sauce and make pastry rollable. I do thin sauces with water all the time and I always worry that I'm going to curdle something, but it never does. I also yes. loved the onion thing, which I think I already knew, but I'd forgotten that if you wet the knife before you chop an onion, it makes you cry less because the vapour reacts with the first wet thing it finds. So if it happens to be right. your eyeballs, you cry so if you make it the knife you won't cry as much yes it's amazing i Mind liked blown. Her, sorry i liked her saying um that she's worked in decent kitchens but never in one where they made vegetable or chicken stock so i am now going to stop worrying about the whole stock thing right just buy it, don't you? Oh, I, I buy it anyway. I'm Did you ever make your own stock? Yeah, I've made chicken stock in the past, but now yeah. I don't. Now, I mean, I don't eat. We don't have chicken bones lying no. around our house, you know. No, so. I mean, I do. I have, I have them everywhere, just lying around. <laughs> chicken bones. <laughs> Where you've thrown them after you've eaten them, like Henry VIII. <laughs> Uh, look, it was it's a really good list, and we'll post it on the PDAs because I think every, everyone will learn something, won't they? I think so. I um, think um, I also liked um, that her father said um, to use to use foil to um, clean the cast iron pan, um, and then he said that it was his father's tip and that he, um, it would keep that nice wee Swedish girl happy, and he means oh yeah, that was cute. <laughs> Um, and I've been watching a few videos. Um, have yeah. you watched any of um, Nat's What I Reckon's kick Yeah, I videos? watched a couple. They're so funny. He is they so funny. They are very funny. You need to post so a link a comedian. to him on YouTube. He's a YouTube comedian. He's very, yeah, very Australian. funny. Australian. Yeah. Comes from Newtown, which is the inner west, um, and is just posting hilarious cooking videos. But he came up with two of my favourite sayings. One was, um, it doesn't paramatter. <laughs> <laughs> and the other is, whatever, Trevor. So I'm going to be using Trevor. them a lot now. No, I, look, I look forward to hearing those. Mm. Um, yes, he's done he's, some cooking. 
I have done some cooking. I made, well, I, hang on. I, let me just preface this by saying I didn't make my own cheese, but I did make sarg paneer from scratch, but not the scratch part didn't include the cheese. So it's not really but from scratch. You could have made your own cheese because it was in the recipe. I could have, yeah, but I didn't want to. And apparently no. my friend was telling me she made it and you need a lot of milk to make just about, you know, an inch of cheese. Like it's okay. quite confronting. So where would you buy a paneer from? Just from Coles. Oh, I didn't know you could get it in Coles. Yeah, Lemno, sort of that brand is called Lemno's. Oh, yes, 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 yes. They have a, they have a uh, not not an ad. They yeah, have yep. a paneer. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, it was a Jamie Oliver recipe, and it was just fucking delicious. Ooh, what, what what was it? Um, spinach and paneer, paneer. Spinach, so spinach and cream and all the in, lovely Indian spices and onion and ginger and stuff and then um, yeah the paneer you brown that first and then you put that back into the pan with it and cook it all up it's just so good oh, and you know it, you think oh it's just vegetables it can't be that bad for you but then you forget that you put half a thing of cream in it but anyway yeah that's all right I like that's all right the detail what have you been cooking well, I made um, Stanley Tucci's Negroni. Oh, yeah, that's not cooking, but I see what you're saying. He's fucking amazing. <laughs> if, he, if he doesn't make you want to drink through this, no one will. <laughs> yeah. So about five people sent me that because obviously I love a Negroni. Um, and so people just kept sending me it going, you have to watch this. So it's Stanley Tucci, who is he's a great actor, but um, probably Devil Wears Prada. Would yeah. people, everyone would know him from that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and he his wife videos him making a Negroni at home. So um, as a Negroni aficionado, um, I was quite surprised to see him serve it up. Yeah, he said that, didn't he? He said people usually yeah. serve it with ice, but I serve it up. And I was like, wow, interesting. Did yes. you try it like that? Yes. Would you do it um, again? Bite up, would... he means... Shaken in a shaker, but was strained with no ice in it, right? Is that what up means? Correct. Yeah. Correct. But shaken in an icy shaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, correct. And then served in sort of almost like a little coupe glass. Um, I would try it again. I, because he does different measures to me. And so I was following his measures, mm-hmm. but then I was having to double them because I was making two drinks. Yeah. And then I got confused. And so I'm pretty sure I did get the measures wrong. Right. So I would. But I didn't dare make another one because I've I've actually got a one cocktail policy at the moment after the margarita episode <laughs> last weekend. <laughs> one Which cocktail we won't go into. and then a glass of wine, or just one cocktail per night, including all drinks. That's just it, one drink. Oh no, no, just no. Of course, other drinks, but just <laughs> and, but never make more than one cocktail. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's our new policy. Right. Oh, I do um, love a Negroni. Yes, yeah, so no, it was good, but I I don't think I've followed his proportions correctly. And also, he, he really threw me with his whole "don't use cheap um, vermouth" thing. Yeah, don't use martini. Because I didn't he said, know. Didn't he? I didn't know there wasn't. Cinzano said I, not to use. Is that what he said? Martini. Yeah. A martini or Cinzano, which, whichever. Well, it's what we've got. Mm. And I didn't realise that you, that there was posh red vermouth. So I'll have to go and look for it now mm. that you said. Mm. I'll have to try an Italian specialist. And it'll make it'll um, make it all the difference, I'm sure. Maybe it will, but he. But it was no, it was, it was nice, and also probably not as delicious as him. <laughs> he's he's one of those men, isn't he? Who you would imagine if you didn't know that he was married, you just assume he was gay. Yes, he's very. Camp- I love how everyone's calling him daddy. Yeah. Oh, everyone's <laughs> thirsting after him. Like every single yeah. person, every um, women's site. 
yeah. site has posted the video and said yeah. this is what you need to watch today and this will make you happy yeah. and you know but also i think lots of gay men are thirsting after yes. him as well yeah he's because he's yes. very fit for it he's an older gent 58 i think yeah um also you know what i always find with negronis and i think that maybe drinking them up would stop this happening is that they always put one of those big square blocks of ice in and then they yes. always hit you in the nose when you're drinking it's always really <laughs> <hard>. <laughs> i have some of those big ice balls yeah i've um... got the balls the, ball, the, the balls don't seem to hit you in the nose as much because they put no. them in this small like into a like a whiskey glass whatever they serve a negroni and lots of cafe you know lots of bars into just a yeah. standard tumbler kind of thing and you're always hitting yourself and you can never quite get around you never quite know how to do it classy i am i'm a classy yeah. cocktail drinker no one could say you're not no one could say that well if they could they'd be in trouble that's almost what hurts now it's a negroni injury what hurts oh, no. oh. yeah um well we have a similar one though they've created different problems but I yeah. also have a very, I've noticed that because I'm working from home, I get bored sitting at the table. So I tend to take my laptop and move around the house. And I've been sitting on the couch. And now I've got what I'm referring to as corona shoulder, which is yeah. like a sort of a pain that goes all the way down my shoulder and then down my arm because I'm typing in a weird sort of, you know, position. Um, and I need, I need a massage. And like, this is a long time for me to go without a massage because I'm a massage addict so all my body i feel like i'm seizing up so it's like a sort of a very middle class what hurts now although because i'm used to having them all the time but at the same time it's necessary because i get very tense yes so, well that's all probably part and parcel of it anyway as well isn't it yeah the tenseness yeah oh yes no it all comes from yeah being tense and kind of stressed about things yes <laughs> but um yes and then you your what hurts now is kind of i've been grinding my teeth and so have you at night well i think i have because i wake i keep waking up in the morning with earache right. and i think it's um i think it's because i'm grinding my teeth which again is down to you know just low level anxiety yeah anxiety but i've also got what i'm calling zoom neck <laughs> which is because i have my computer and then i have my phone and I do my zoom meetings are on the phone and then I'm on the computer looking but then I have to keep turning towards the phone and I think it's giving me a bad neck mm. I wonder if there'll be a, a spate of these kind of injuries when people oh yes well I think you heard it here first what that there will well, be zoom neck and <laughs> corona, corona shoulder, shoulder. <laughs> yeah but I mean I wonder if real people if normal people will have them too if every day <laughs> I mean I feel like there'll be a lot of um there'll be a whole bunch of chiropractors and physios who who have to work on certain things that people have and yeah they will be the mm. business they'll be working from home related a lot of people tripping over dogs and cats and oh yes you know um also I do, and my husband's the same, quite often wake up in the morning thinking I've got coronavirus. <laughs> you know, when you just wake up and you're a bit snuffly and you yeah, might have a sore throat because yeah. you're, you know, a bit parched. Um, I'm pretty sure I haven't, but, I mean, you know, may, you know maybe I should go in one of those drive throughs Have yeah. you been tested yet? No. Have you? No. Oh. <laughs> when I say no, I mean no. Um, no, I haven't. But I, um, I really kind of want to be. My friend did today. Yeah, he passed with flying colours. He was very proud of himself. He posted Why online. Why did he go and um, do that? Because he'd been feeling snuffly. 
Yeah. Did, did he have to get a referral or did he just no, drive I up there? I think he went to, I think because he lives in one of the areas that's, you know, yeah. like a hotspot. What about um, in the UK, they're talking about how you can have like a group of 10 of you or something. Was it the UK? And you can sort of socialise within the group of 10. And then I started thinking, well, who would be in my group of 10? Mm. And then how could you trust them not to be in another group of yeah, 10? Yeah, there'd be 10s overlapping all over the place. And it sort of throws up all this sort of, you know, angst, doesn't it? It's like being back at school, isn't it? Are you <laughs> going to be in my gang in or am I in your gang? But what if you go in someone else's gang and then I'm not best friends with you anymore? But also, like, that would be fine. Like, I'd happily be in your ten, right? Mm. <laughs> not suggesting you have to pick me. Pick me. <laughs> am I in your ten? <laughs> what do you mean I'm not in your ten? No, but, like, if I was in your ten and then um, Lee had ten people that he wanted to be in a ten with and he was not going to budge on who, you know, who was going to be kicked out yeah. of the 10, then how would we work that out? It's a minefield. Then you have to have two 10s for one each yeah. of you and then you couldn't be in each other's 10. The social minefield. I'm just, it's maths. It's too much maths. Oh, I forgot to talk about something for the food. That, yeah. Del, that Delgona coffee, have you done that? Oh, yeah, no, I've seen it on the internet. Everyone's doing it. I think what, I'm a bit it behind the time. coffee or something? No, it's, um, it's from Korea. So it could yeah. have been nicely, could have tied in nicely to my catch-up conversation oh, about we'll Kim Jong-un. Edit this back into... <laughs> All right, speaking of Korea... Yes. I'm obsessed with another part of Korea, which is yeah. a coffee, which is called Dalgona coffee, which is, um, it's, I think it comes from Japan and India and Korea. It's one of those things that's just been across that sort of Asian continent. But it's um, coffee that's made with milk and then you put um, instant coffee and sugar and hot water into a bowl and whip it up till it forms like this kind of shiny, whipped kind of um, fluffy goo that you then put on top of the milk and drink it. Yes. You have it hot or cold. Anyway, it went a bit... delicious, actually. I know. It went viral. Everyone, everyone started making it. And now there's offshoots of that, which is they do it with Nesquik, you know, um, chocolate mm. quick or mm. strawberry quick, and you mix that up in the same way with hot water and stuff, and you make that into the thing that you put on top of your milk. Like a shiny, beautiful, mm. puffy cloud of, of deliciousness on top of your milk. I'm not sure there's anything more delicious than strawberry Nesquik. <laughs> it is really good. Oh, I just suddenly had that flavour in my head. Yeah. So yeah. I think well, I'm going to try and make the I'll try and make the one of them, and I'll post my um, yeah. my findings okay. on the PDAs. But um, I'm a bit we're probably a bit behind the eight ball. I'm yeah. sure everyone's already done it. But anyway, it's everywhere. In the meantime, if anyone sees Jewelry Nesquik anywhere, can they let me know? Okay. Because I need some immediately. Okay. Um, should we do some Culture Club? Culture Club! Culture Club! Culture Club! Yes. Okay. Well, last night I watched the, um, what was that concert called? Can you remember? Isn't it called Home something? Home Front? Yeah. Uh, music from the home front. It was an Anzac Day concert. It was on Channel 9. Um, I'm usually a little bit eye-rolly about these things. Um, and But I thought, oh, well, I'll put it on because it was half seven and there was nothing, you know, there's nothing else to do, is there? No. So I put it on and um, David Campbell, DC, was hosting. And he just did a really lovely job and... The whole thing was actually fantastic, and I was a bit worried about how the music, whether it would, the sound would be awful, but it wasn't. It was brilliantly done. I don't know how they'd managed it, 
they've done they did it in six days apparently but what I really liked about it it was just really lovely it was really moving who was on it I um, saw Delta posted something with Colin Hay was that Del- from that yes so mm. they did Land Down Under mm-hmm. and it was the only time I've ever enjoyed that song because I don't really like that song but they did an amazing version of it and so because everyone was sort of doing it from their homes it was all quite stripped back mm. you know and a lot of acoustic stuff and just and it gave you a really amazing um, understanding of what great musicians a lot of people are because they're sort of sat in their home studios yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Um, and they did a really good mix of oldies. They had, um, you know, Jimmy Barnes and Mossy, my mate Mossy. Um, <laughs> that's my mate. It's his mate. Um, and, but then I'd like him to be my people. mate. Yes. Oh, would you indeed. <laughs> and then they had um, other people like... Um, Dean Lewis, who I didn't know was Australian, because I think he's really good. Young people, you know. Um, (laughs) Vance Joy did it. Um, He was great. All these sort of um, great, sort of the younger generation who were really, really talented. So I really enjoyed it. And you can watch it on YouTube. And honestly, I do recommend you do. They started with Ben Lee, who I know is very divisive, but I love Ben Lee. And he, they did, um, you know, we're all in it together. And so it just went on there. And then it was so lovely at the end when um, Jimmy came back on and David Campbell was talking to him. And then at the end, he was just like, okay, bye dad. And it was like, he'd forgotten that he was hosting the show. (laughs) He was like, bye dad. And then he said, bye dad, love you. They are. And he was like, bye dad, love you. And then Jimmy Barnes said, "Um, love you too, son. And it was just so beautiful. And it's like, oh, it just felt very real. Yeah. Yeah, It was lovely. So I really recommend if you haven't seen it, just go and watch it on the YouTube and then you can go through the bits you don't like. All right. Well, I didn't watch it because... A, I forgot. B, my yeah. husband is very eye rolly about those sorts of things. And C, yeah. and C, I was just a bit like, mm, I just don't know that I can do it. So we watched a movie, but then I decided to watch Afterlife. Yes. Season two, which is back on. Yeah, I've watched um, the first one. I've watched five. I've got one to go. And we, you and I were talking before a recording today. And I said, oh, my God, it's killing me. It just makes me cry. And you said it hadn't made you cry. No, I probably cried more in the concert last night than mm. in Afterlife. Oh. Maybe I got my, cry- my cries out of the way. Maybe. Um, no, I didn't. I, because I sort of did, I the, did the crying in the first season, I think, whereas this season's making me laugh. So far, mm. it's just making me laugh. Look, it's making but me I've laugh. I've only watched one ep. Yeah, it's very funny. Um, and if you haven't seen the first series, it, the, the second series is similar. <laughs> Sort of the same in that his wife has died. She's left him all these videos and he, they've got all this home video. So he is just, he can't get over it. He's Ricky, watching Ricky his, Gervais. Yeah, Ricky Gervais, sorry. He plays Tony and he's watching um, these videos from his wife all the time. He can't get over the fact that she's died of cancer and his life's sort of falling apart and it's basically sort of just about, you know, the little interactions he has with people and his friends and people he works with, they're all a bit losery. And yeah. his brother and his brother-in-law, is it his brother-in-law? Yeah, um, is yes. his boss. And he's got, like, this prostitute who is Roisin. Oh, yes, from Game Face. From Game Face, who is just delightful yeah. to watch on yeah, screen. Yeah, she is. Um, and then there's a yeah. nurse in the nursing home that looks after his father who's got dementia. Um, and she was in um, extras with him, wasn't she? Yeah, she's yes, Ashley the Scottish, Jensen. Yeah, the Scottish yeah, she's lady. Fa- who's in Catastrophe. She's yeah, fabulous. Yeah. So there's all these kind of people that you'll just recognise mm-hmm. and stuff, and it's just it's just gloriously, yeah. it's very, very um, 
moving because he's just grieving so much. And then there's lots of little insights into the, how people deal with grief, how people deal with love and loss and, um, yeah. and just, um, just the normalcy of life and how it can be quite poetic. And um, it's just, it's, I think it's the best thing Ricky Gervais has ever done. Yes. Um, I mean, I mean Extras I is like hilarious the... and, yeah. you know, like, you know, lots of those shows are fantastic, but I just, I just cannot, like today I was, I laugh out loud, like um, Paul Kay plays a psychoanalyst in this, a psychotherapist or whatever, who his brother-in-law is going to. Oh, yes. And he Very is funny. just the most revolting man you'll ever meet in your life. Yeah. And I just could not, I'm just literally guffawing in my house. People upstairs must think I'm completely insane. Highly recommend it, but if you yes. if you are sensitive and need a, and you know don't really want to be bawling your eyes out, maybe wait till you're not in lockdown so you've got something else to do with your time afterwards. I like it particularly for two other reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, one is that it's shot. I know I know a lot of the places where it's shot, right. so I'm watching it going, oh, that's Beaconsfield, um, and then um, also because he plays a local news newspaper reporter, yeah. so it really reminds me of being a local newspaper reporter in a very similar setup, um, which was probably some of the funniest, happiest days of my life. My life actually. Well, I have just finished watching Deadwater. Oh, what's it called? Deadwater Fell. Right. Um, which is a four-parter. I'm quite into these things that are four, six parts at the moment, you know. Not too much I time be... that you have to invest. Yes, I'm not really into the seven seasons of things because I haven't got the capacity. Deadwater Fell is four episodes and um, you can watch it on Foxtel, but you can probably watch it elsewhere as well because I think it's BBC. Mm. Um, and so... It stars David Tennant, Mm-mm-mm. who we both have a little bit of a thing for, don't we? I love we? him so Does much. everyone have a thing for David, David I th- Tennant? I think people like him, but he's one of those people who's quite delicate, featured and skinny. So I always feel like if I was actually dating him, I'd squash him. But anyway, I think I'm getting ahead of myself because I've never met him. <laughs> and I'm married. And so is he and he's got children. Anyway. Yes, he's got five children. Mm, he's been busy, hasn't he? Yeah, he is married to, I might have gone down a little David Tennant. um, (laughs) Fan club. (laughs) Fan club here. So he is married to the daughter of Peter Davison, who was a Doctor Doctor Who. Who. Well, David Tennant is married to his daughter. So Mm -hmm. Doctor Who is married to Doctor Who's daughter. Wow. And and also, just back on David Tennant, just very quickly, he did a very funny um, thing with Catherine Tate, Right. this week which I'll post and she's being you know when she's Lauren am yeah. I bothered am yeah. I bothered um he they did a very funny um sort of zoom thing which got even he- more hilarious as it went on so um lots of love for David Tennant this yeah week. and he but does a podcast if you if you like podcasts oh, he also oh. does a podcast called David Tennant does a podcast <laughs> and a lot of time oh. is spent thinking of that name um, I actually hate podcasts, so... Um. <laughs> You'd be able to listen to it on your walk. Um, and he interviews famous people, and it's like people like Michael Sheen, people he knows, and it's just oh. it's lovely and very, very funny. So there you are. There you are. Well, look, Deadwater Fell, um, he plays the bad guy. Oh, have I just ruined it? <laughs> um, I'm not sure. No, I don't think I have, because... Um, <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Um, anyway, in Deadwater Fell, a family, um, there's a terrible accident. 
um, happens to this Scottish family and the village tries to cope with it and stuff gets uncovered. That's all I'll say. <laughs> so I'm going to leave out that bit about that, am I? Mm, no, it's probably all right. <laughs> I think it's just for the funniness of it. It's quite weird. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But no, it's good. I enjoyed it. So, mm. um, And it's quite creepy and sort of psychological thrillist type mm. stuff, you know. He's so versatile, yeah. isn't he? Oh, he's very versatile. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I like him. Oh, yeah. His versatility. So, in a thespy way, I love him. He's so versatile. Mm. And yeah. he can do different accents too, which is hard when you've got he one. He can. He's got a strong one, hasn't he? Yes, yes. But he's anyway. Scottish in this. He plays Scottish in this right, show. So he doesn't have to act that hard. Unless he's doing a different Scottish accent. I don't know. Mm. Oh, God, the dialect. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, let's get out of that. <laughs> out of the David Tennant hole we've found ourselves in. Yeah. And talk about pets. Yes. Um, we've talked about this before in the last few weeks, about how pets are having a hard time, dogs in particular, because they're getting walked to death. <laughs> Yes. Poor dogs. Um, and then there's also um, a friend of ours who we work with um, has a vet for a friend. Yes. And she said that cats, they're seeing a lot of cats at the moment because cats are used to sleeping 23 hours a day or whatever and then they're finding that they've got people at home all the time. So they are getting sick and stressed. And so Because when cats get stressed, they get really sick, don't they? Yeah. And cats, um, my cat in particular, when he gets stressed, um, he can get um, his wee, his urine can get infected, um, his urinary tract can get infected, he can get kidney problems and stuff. And also he pulls his fur out. So yes, nice. that's what um, apparently is happening. They're mm. seeing people come in with cats pulling their fur out. Yeah, apparently that's very mm-hmm. common when they get stressed. But then also um, the Queen's Corgi trainer has said that the other thing is going to happen as well, which I think we've also talked about, um, which is that when people go back to work, dogs are going to get really anxious because they're going to get separation anxiety, which is just so sad. I feel so sad for them all. Especially um, the ones that have been bought during lockdown. Yeah, and yeah, they be because that's they don't all they know, know anything different exactly. Mm. And um, dogs can build up a huge reservoir of overdependency, they say, which could see them suffer at a later date. And that you should have half an hour away from them at different intervals throughout the day, so that they know right. how to be without you. So, of course, when dogs are alone, they chew up everything or piss everywhere or <laughs> howl and bark and all that kind of stuff. So you don't want them to do any of that bad behaviour or pull the fur out. So all these poor animals are having, a, you know, I mean, we think, oh, it must be lovely for Floyd because he gets cuddles all day. But actually, you know, also what is happening is he's eating more because I'm feeding him more biscuits. Mm. So, well, our mm. friend whose friend is the vet, mm. he apparently, or I don't know if it's a he, I just assumed, that's naughty, um, That uh, apparently the vets are sort of stockpiling Prozac for the dogs mm. for when we Prozac. all go back to work. Oh, that's so mm. sad. Isn't it? Yeah. I um, have sort of looked into buying puppies, but not going to, obviously, um, and they're on go- puppies are $6,500 at the moment. If they're if they're pedigree, yeah. Mm. But you wouldn't buy one, wouldn't you? Just buy you'd buy a rescue, wouldn't you? Well, I have looked at the rescue dogs, and they're all mastiffs and staffies, like big dogs. And Mm. I just the house is too small; can't have one. No. No. Yeah. Um, So you're gonna have a chihuahua? 
I'd love a chihuahua. So, They're so very intelligent. I, I, I love, love one. one. I, love I like those too. little papillons as well. Uh, but no, I can't have one because um, Princess Coco Pops wouldn't like it. Right. And that's the cat, no. not your husband. That's not your, yes. that's not your pet name for your husband. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, that's yeah. lovely. Thank you for that. Thank you. Um, we will, well, we've gone back to once a week, as everyone yes. will be aware by the fact they can only get it once a week. Yeah. Um, That's probably quite a long one there, isn't it? Yeah, that would be a lovely long one for you all. We'll cut some bits out there. Um, And um, we will... All right, well, we'll see. Come to the PDAs and follow us on there and on Instagram and email us on weareplayingdevilsavocado at gmail.com if you want to talk. Um, Yes, and And we'll post some bits and bobs from... um, from this issue, from this episode. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Sounds good. See you.